to the book of Ephesians, and uh, we're going to jump right on over to chapter 3, over to chapter 3. I don't know if I finished chapter 2 or not. I couldn't remember where I stopped or where I started. I, well, I know where I started. I started at verse 1. And uh, But anyway, I've, I've been uh, reading, uh, I, I don't know how many times I've read the book of Ephesians in the last couple of months, and but I, a bunch. And uh, I really enjoyed reading it in the Message Bible, and that's what I'm going to read it in, uh, Kathy. And I'll probably m- mention a few verses in different uh, different translations. But you know, I want to. Uh, we need to understand something about the Book of Ephesians. That is a that is a le- that is a, uh, a one of the most powerful books, uh, letters that Paul wrote. Although a lot of things he said there, he said in all the other epistles and such as that. And uh, I'm telling you, it, it's a book about the love of God. It's a book about the authority that we have in Jesus. It's a book about God's grace. And, uh, you know, you read it and you, I, I read, I got, I, I read that whole, and I, I went through the, when I was reading it, the last time I read it, I just underlined grace every time I seen it. It's mentioned 10 times alone in the book of Ephesians, the grace of God. And, uh, that's the unmerited favor of God. And, uh, so I'm telling you something. Grace is important. I realize I'm not going to, uh, focus on grace tonight, but, uh, I'm just going to kind of read this and kind of minister as I go reading down through here. And some, some, some I'll elaborate on, some I won't. And in verse one, it says this, this is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ, having taken up the cause of you outsiders. That's talking about the Gentiles, so called. I take it that you're familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God himself as I just wrote to you briefly. And uh, basically he said this, I got this by revelation from God. In other words, what I'm writing to you, God gave me. I didn't get it from man. I got it from God. God showed me this, and I wrote this down, and now I sent it to you in a letter, and I want you to understand this. Isn't that what he prayed in in chapter 1? That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of thy calling, that your heart literally be flooded with light. It's important that your heart has light. It's important that you have light because the Word is light. And you are light. God is light. Amen. And there's so much darkness in the world. I tell you, the Bible says in John chapter 1, he said the darkness could not put out the light. And I'm telling you, everywhere we turned, all these shootings over in El Paso, and was it Ohio, uh, that this and that was just one of many. And, and uh, I'm telling you what, the devil don't like people and he don't like life. He likes death and darkness and destruction. But I tell you what, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been given authority and power over the devil. In fact, God never intended for us to live a life of fear on this planet. He wanted us to live in peace and joy. I'm telling you, so many times if we're not careful, the devil will try to invade us with fear to try to get us fearful to go do anything. I'm talking about, well, they'll start saying, well, you better watch out. You need to do this. Listen, you need to be you need to be careful and you need to be led by the Holy Ghost, but you do not lead me, need to be living in fear. Amen? And so uh, he said, I've given you this by revelation, by what God showed me. And it says in verse 4, as you read over what I have written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ or the secrets of Christ or the hidden uh, the hidden uh, wisdom of God, basically. It says, none of our ancestors understood this. 
Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through His holy apostles and prophets of this new order. So God has made things available to us that they did not know in the Old Testament. In fact, they couldn't know it because Jesus hadn't come. He hadn't died. He hadn't been rose from the dead. Although it was, He was actually mentioned and talked about in the book of Genesis when the Bible says the seed of woman shall bruise the head of the serpent, which was Jesus Christ. And so he said, we're being, we're hearing this and we're getting this from the apostles and the prophets of this uh, new revelation, basically, of what's been given to the church. The Bible says the mystery is that people who have been never, the mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, what I've, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, y'all know what outsiders were, that's the Gentiles, insiders were the Jews. And so it goes on to say, stand on the same ground before God. Listen to this. Y'all are reading it already. Y'all are ahead of me already. They get the same offer. Jews and Greek Gentiles alike, they get the same offer. It says they get the same help and they get the same promises in Christ Jesus. Whatever, what, everything that was promised to the Jewish people, we also get those same promises. And so the promises are to you and to your children. That's the Holy Ghost, but that's also all the promises of God, yes and in Him, amen. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 1.20, the Bible says, For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes, their answer in Him, Christ. For this reason, we also utter the amen, so be it, to God through Him in His person and by His agency to the glory of God. Listen, the promises of God are for every single one of us. We get the same promises. Every promise in this Bible, you ought to lay claims to. Am I right? You're going to lay claims to every promise in the Bible. We've got promise of hell. We've got promise that God will take care of us and supply our day. We've got promise of prosperity. we got promise of all these different things, and we need to lay claims to them. Why? Because they're ours. We can't say, well, that's wonderful for them people. Listen, it's for us people. Amen? It's for us people. The Message Bible says whatever God has promised gets stamped with the <clears throat> yes of Jesus. The Bible says we have a covenant based upon better promises. Amen? Better promises. We got promises. You ever thought, stop to think about what a promise was? I'm going to read it. This is the Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary definition of, 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 the, of a promise. He says this, in Scripture, the promise of God is the declaration or assurance which God has given in His Word of bestowing blessings on His people. Such assurance resting on the perfect justice, power, benevolence, and immutable veracity of God that cannot fail of performance. That cannot fail of performance. That's what a promise is. God is watching over His Word to perform it. Amen? And so we get the same benefit, we get the same help, we get the same uh, the same offer that He offered the Jews, and we get the same promises in Christ Jesus. And it says the message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. He goes on saying, verse 7, This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, 
I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw it. God saw to it that I was equipped. But you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head, the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. Isn't it amazing? Paul says, listen, I'm writing things that's way over my head. In other words, I didn't get this from my head. <laughs> I got this from revelation down in my heart. God showed me this, amen. You would think, my goodness, Paul must have been the smartest person alive. He didn't see himself that way because he knew if it hadn't been for the revelation of God, he wouldn't know nothing. See, we get revelation, amen? We got, we got more revelation being preached to the church right now than ever in the history of the church. I mean, you can turn on and listen to these preachers. You're to be listening to some good, Holy Ghost, godly preachers. I'm telling there's some out there you might not need to listen to, but there's a lot of them you are to listen to. Why? Because they bring things out that you can say, oh my God, I've never seen. Have you ever heard somebody preach and read something over and over that you'd read over and over? And next thing you know, say, I never saw that before. I never, and if you ever just been reading on your own and see something, say, I've never seen that before. They must have added that since I read the Bible last. No, it's just you getting some revelation that God's opening your eyes. God wants you to have understanding. God wants us to have understanding. Amen. He don't want us to be in the dark. He wants us to be in the light. And it goes on to say, and he says, uh, the generosity of Christ, my task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers, though, through followers of Jesus, like yourself, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among angels. Now, I want to, I want to go into some different translations on that particular one because, man, this verse right here, Stuck out to me today, I read it over and I read it over and I read it in translation and translation and translation and I read this and here's what most all the other translation says of this. It says, verse 10, New Living Translation says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom, now I want you to hear what this says, how it says it. It's to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. I want the manifold wisdom of God to be known, made known through the church to the principalities and powers of the air, the demonic forces. He said, I want the church to let them know they know who they are. See, the demons need to know who you are. And he said, listen, this wisdom that I'm giving you, you need to take it and you need to let the devil know you know it. Come on now. It's got to be made known to the principalities and powers through you. Huh? The devil needs to know you know who you are. See, a lot of people don't know who they are. They don't have the wisdom of God. In fact, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Listen to me. We are not of the people. We are not the people. I'm saying, declaring this over word of life, family, worship. We are not people who are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge because we have knowledge and we're gaining more knowledge every single day of our lives. And we're going to let the manifold wisdom of God be known to the principalities and powers that we know who we are and we know what Jesus did for us and what he's doing for us even now. Hallelujah. Woo! Somebody ought to get a little excited. Hallelujah. Listen to me. You said you think the devil knows. Listen, the devil, the devil don't know everything. 
And the only way he knows what you know is when you let him know what you know. Now listen to me. I don't believe in striking up a conversation with the devil. I don't give him no place. But I do let him know on a daily basis I know who I am just by my quotation of the word. Just by my confession. Just by my believing. Just by my act of faith. I let him know. Not because I'm saying, devil, I want you to know this because I don't have to do that. All I got to do is start quoting the word of God. He knows I know it. Praise God. And the reason he knows I know it is because I act on what I know and what I say. Listen, you say, how do you know you know it when you start doing it? See, confession is good, but if it's only a confession and no works with it, you're in trouble. And the devil knows that. Listen, this, I don't, I don't like giving the devil no place or, or any kind of uh, credit for nothing. And it bugs me when people say Mr. Devil. I do not give him that respect because I always learned Mr. was a respectful word. And so I just I just call him a, a stupid devil. I basically don't call him much at all because I don't have time for him. Huh? Call him defeated. I ain't got time really to talk to him. Huh? I, I know what a lot of people do. You say, how do you know? Because they'll come up and say, the devil told me this. I said, well, did you listen? Huh? You know, I've never, you know what I've never asked him is, what did he tell you? I've never asked them, but they proceed to tell me. Because really, if you stop and think about it, listen to me, if you stop and think about it, the Bible says, Jesus himself said, the devil's a liar. And he's the father of lies. He even went on to say, and the truth is not in him. So if you tell me the devil told you, what you're telling me is the devil lied to me. A lie means not the truth. So if the devil told you you're going to die, you're saying, oh, hallelujah, I'm going to live and not die, declare the glory of God. Why? Because if the devil told you, he's a liar. If the devil told you you're going to get cancer, you're saying, you lying dog, you can't tell the truth. Come on now. But it's amazing how somebody wants to carry on a conversation and then tell me or you or tell somebody, people, here's what the devil said, and here's what many times, don't get mad at me, I'm not talking about anybody in the church right here right now that I know of. But you, those very same people, now, y'all know what I'm talking about, will never mention the promise of God or what God has said in His Word. And I'm telling you something, I love it when somebody comes up and says, well, I know what the doctors told me, but I'm going to tell you what God told me. Here's what God told me. Because this is the manifold wisdom of God that's about to come out of my mouth and I'm about to give the wisdom of God in the face, in the hearing of everybody that will hear me. I'm going to declare what God has said and what God has told me was by Jesus stripes I'm healed. And when it looks like you're not going to be able to meet your bills next month and you say, here, here's the manifold wisdom of God. My God's going to supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because listen, the devil tries to keep you broke, poor, broke, busted and disgusted. But I'm here to tell you right now. There needs to be somebody standing up with a manifold wisdom coming out of their mouth and declaring to the demonic powers and principalities that here's who I am and I'm about to give in to what you have to say. I'm going to stick with what God has to say because Paul said, I want you, the, the church, to through them to express and declare the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers. Woo! Need to wake somebody up. Punch that Kathy up in 
310 in the New Living Translation. I'm not going to turn to it. I'm just going to let you do it. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What did it say? He said that we were to uh, display His wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We are to do that. Who is it? The church. Do it in Amplified. Put it in Amplified. I don't know if that's hard for you. Oh, it's not hard for you at all. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities of principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. So it's to be made known to them through the church, through the body. Listen, God wants... Listen, I like to put it like this. Hell needs to know who you are. I'm not saying you're going to hell by no means. I'm just saying they need to listen. If you looking, can we can we jump over real quick? Y'all y'all hold your place there. Go to Acts 19. Verse 11. I'm going to do it in the new new living translation. I mean the, the King New King James. It says, listen to this. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. The diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name, to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, listen to what they said. We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And listen to what, listen to what it said. The evil spirit answered and said, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Now you said, is he, is that the only ones the evil spirits know? Listen to me. Peter knew. He knew who Peter was. He knew all uh, different ones who was operating under the, uh, the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But they were trying to cast him out in the name of Jesus in whom Paul preached. Well, the evil spirit said, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know who you are. See, Paul had been showing forth the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and power. Jesus did it. And many of the other apostles and disciples did it. But yet these individuals was trying to get something done on the revelation of what somebody else had rather than what they had. Listen, sometimes people are trying to get something done on, off the revelation of somebody else when they don't have that revelation. Listen, you need to know the revel, you need to have a revelation of the power that's in the name of Jesus. You need to know the, have a revelation of the word of God for yourself. Listen to me. It's good to have people agree with you. It's good to have people come and say, I'm going to stand in agreement because the Bible says we ought to. But I guarantee you, the number one person you are to be concerned about is you when it comes to your confession and your authority because you are the one that has to declare you have the final word on this thing. Come on, church. He says, but I tell you what, I don't know who you are. Now, this was an evil spirit. 
Praise God. The devil ought to look at you in the morning and say, oh, my God, they're getting up. My God, they're getting up. Y'all better flee. Huh? Said Paul, no. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. I'm telling you something. There's a power in you knowing who you are. I said, there's power in you knowing who you are. And if you're going to display the manifold wisdom of God, you have to know it. Glory to God. Aren't we glad we're knowing it? We know it. Shout, I know it. And if you don't know it, guess what? You can. I said, you can. It's not hard to know it. You might have to spend a little time to get to know it. Verse 11 says, all this is proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust in Him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. So I'm back. I'm back in Ephesians. I'm sorry. Ephesians 3, 11. I'm back in, I'm in the message Bible also. All this is proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust in Him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said. Bold to go wherever we need to go. So don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. Verse 14 says, My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask Him to strengthen you by His Spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him in. You know, I think Copeland is preaching on living from the inside out. Preaching on the inside out. And Paul's praying that you'd be strengthened in your inner man. Listen, if you're strong inside, you'll be strong outside. Huh? If you're strong inside, you'll be strong outside. God's concerned about your inner man as well as your outward man. He's concerned about it, but he knows this. If you don't get strong inside, you cannot be strong outside. So you have to build up in yourself. Listen, it's, 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 I found out one thing in all of our lives. If we're not careful, we run out of time in the day to get, get in the word of God and hear the word of God. And that's, that's actually not good for our well-being in God. We have to stay close to God. Amen. Draw near to God and what he, what will he do? The Bible says he'll draw near to you. He said that not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And you have done that. And I ask him, that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives full in the fullness of God. Now Paul is, is, is praying for the church, the body of Christ, to understand the depths of God's love. Is love important? I tell you, if you read this, you'll find out love's an important uh, subject of this book. Love is a very important subject of this book. 
And he said, I want you to understand the dimensions of God's love. Listen to me. If I, I, heard, I heard this before. It says one step out of love is a step out of God. One step out of love is a step out of God. And I'm telling you something. When we're, if we're not careful, there's one, if the, here's what the devil wants to do. And I know we'll talk about the devil, but I guarantee God's not trying to get you out of love. The devil tries to get you out of love. The devil tries to get as many people as he can to ruffle your feathers. Huh? And when we understand the dimensions of God's love, listen, here's what Paul's trying to tell us. He's trying to tell you, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself, understand, know the love of God. Listen to me, you are to, uh, when, when you read about God, the Bible says God is love, and so you can't separate God from love. So if you're in God, love's in you. He said, I'll pour my love into your heart. I'll pour it into you. In fact, not just, not just give you a little trickle of it. I'll pour my love in you. That's what he says in Romans 5, 5. That the love of God's been shed abroad in our heart, poured into our heart by the Holy Spirit. And so he wants us to understand. So he's praying for us. He didn't only pray for us to have to understand our authority and our power and our might and the hope in which God called. But he's praying also that we'll understand the love of God. That we'll know the love of God. You know, we're to pray this prayer. In fact, if you how many got that card that Linda gave? There's two prayers on it. One of them is this one. And if you didn't get one and you want one, we have them that you can take with you. Well, I keep one on my desk. I keep, we have, we have them. And, and I actually took a picture of it on my phone so I can pull it up wherever I am and declare that and pray that prayer with me. So this is a prayer that Paul prayed by the Holy Ghost that we also can pray by the Holy Ghost. And so we got to understand the dimensions of God's love and understand the power of what love was because he said, listen, I want you to understand this. I want you to know the love of Christ, the depths of it, the power of it. Listen to me. Love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Amen? In Matthew 5, he says that we are to love our enemies and bless those who persecute us and despitefully use us. That's the love of God that he said we got to get a revelation of. You said, you mean it didn't tell us where to kill them? No. Because he said, I don't want you living by your feelings. I want you to live in, and be strengthened in your inner man. Have you ever noticed if you're strong in spirit, then when, when your flesh tries to rise up, there will be that stirring on the inside of you to grab hold of your and get control of your flesh. Have anybody ever noticed that? Now, we can override that. We can override that, but I guarantee if you override that, I'm telling you, you are going to feel miserable afterwards. Am I right? Anybody? I'm not asking no hands, but I guarantee we have all at one point or another, we have override that inner witness on the inside of us and did what our flesh wanted us to do and sit there and spend the rest of our lives trying to repent of it. And all you had to do is do it once. Huh? You know when you're, the devil's put a guilt trip on you. Listen to me. Here's how you know when the devil's put you under a guilt trip is when you're constantly asking God to forgive you for the same thing over and over and over and over again. Because you don't understand the power in the blood and the power in that forgiveness and the power of that love. He said, I want you to understand the depth of it, the length of it, the height of it. I want you to understand the love of God because the love of God forgives you of no matter what you do. And here's what he's telling us. You have that same ability to do the same thing to somebody else. Huh? See, forgiveness don't change your past, but it can sure change your future. Huh? 
And I'm telling you, we have to grab hold of this love and, and we're to pray this over ourselves and said, God, I understand the depth of your love and the breadth of your love and, and the, the me- measure, the limitlessness of your love. Now listen to what it says. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, His Spirit deeply and gently within us. Now listen. Verse 20 in the New Living King James, New Living, not the New Living, the New King James Version. I got so many different translations I read. It says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in you. The power that what? Works in you. The power. You know, we can make that quotation, but that there's no power working in us, if there's no power working in us, if it's according to the power that's working in us, well, what's he talking about? There's the power of love. The power of love. He's praying for the immeasurable, uh, the, the limitlessness of God's love to be revealed in our hearts that we'd understand it, know it. And he said to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, we ask or think according to the power that works in us or works in me. And we know if it's working in us. I know if it's working in me, right? We get the opportunity every day to have the love of God working in us. Huh? We all do. God wants glory on this planet. Amen. Now, love don't, don't rejoice at injustices and stuff like this. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. But I tell you, there is a response out of love. Amen. Come on now. We've all wanted to rip somebody's head off. We've all wanted to cuss somebody out. God help us not to do that. But if we're not careful, we'll let our flesh dictate to us rather than our inner man on the inside of us. Now, this is very important in Paul's prayer for us. That's why we're to be praying that prayer. Amen? And might, might ought to do it first before we walk out to go to work in the morning. Before we go out in public. Amen? Help me, Jesus. My little middle grandson, that was his favorite prayer. Help me, Jesus. He'd be in the pool. Help me, Jesus. That's what he'd say. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Just a little bitty boy. Huh? Praise God. I'm telling you, God wants to help you. The Holy Ghost wants to help you. Isn't that what the Bible says? He wants to accomplish the work of the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of each and every one of us. And love is a fruit of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, God wants to help us. And it says, so he's able to do exceedingly abundant above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. If there's power working in us, God will do exceedingly abundant above all you ask or think. And I tell you what, I ask big and I think big and he's able to do more than that. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So God wants to work in our lives. He wants us to be a a light. He don't want the devil to have no place in us and he don't want the devil to get no victory over us. I'm telling you, he won't. I said he won't. Why? Because we're going to display the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers. Amen. 
You know, when, when you get up in the morning, you, you pray and, and thank God for the blood of Jesus that covers your family. You thank God for the angels of God's encamped about you. You claim Psalms 91 over your life and your family. I'm telling you, you're letting the devil know, I know who I am and I know what God's doing in my life and I know what God's done in my life. So therefore you have no place around my family. You have no place around my, my business. You have no place around our schools. You have no place. You have no place. And we resist you. And that's one thing we need to really be doing as, as Christians is praying over our schools as they're starting back up. Praying over our kids, which we'll be praying over our kids next Sunday uh, before they go back to school. And I'm telling you, we need to keep, we need to make that a priority in our lives. Listen, we're not going to have none of that nonsense around this and around us that the devil's trying to do. Amen. And we're going to display the manifold wisdom of God. You have the mind of Christ. So we might as well live from the inside out. Amen. Praise God. Have you ever done something in God that you even surprised yourself? Have, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to testimony, Stacey Sidney's testimony. She called me today. She went in for a job interview. My, my 16 year old went in for a job interview and, uh, cause she wants to go to work. And so, of course, she's working already. She's got one job. She's going to have two jobs before it's over with. And uh, if we can work on it, we're going to get her a third one. And uh, but anyway, she went to school and and she uh, uh, she wants her own bank account. So it's basically it's, it's her mother and daddy ain't making her work, although they they, they nudge her a little bit, which, uh, of course, our kids work when they were 16, too, both of them. And uh, so the thing about it is she called me up and said, Poppy, I had an interview and uh, she told me who the girl was, which we know her real well. She's a real sweet lady. And uh, she said uh, she works for the school and to work for the school. And she said, I was sitting there and uh, she said she asked me a question and I didn't even know what it meant. And she said, all of a sudden I felt something rise up on the inside of me. And she said, the Holy Ghost came on me. And she said, I gave her an answer. And she looked at me and said, perfect. I said, well, what did you say? She said, I don't know. <laughs> she said, I don't know what I said. But she told me it was a perfect answer. Well, if the Holy Ghost got it, it's a perfect answer. Amen. And you know what pleased me so much is that she trusted that voice on the inside of her. To trust God and then say it out of her mouth. I'm telling you, we gotta, she, we gotta act on the Holy Ghost. I tell you what, I tell you what, the, the, uh, the, uh, Holy Ghost is a genius. And if you'll listen to him, he'll make you look smart. Amen. We're smart in Jesus. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you, Father God, for your word. We thank you, Father God, that we do have the wisdom of God. And God, we're learning more every day. God, we want to learn. We want to know. And the eyes of our understanding are being enlightened. There's been flooded with light. God, we declare your, your prayer in Ephesians 1 and, and Ephesians 3 over our lives, over our family, over our region, over our, our, our children, over our church. God, we lay claims to it, Father, that we're going to walk and live in total victory every day of our lives. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. God, you're working inside of us. We're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. God, we love you so much, and we thank you that we can come on Wednesday night and hear the word, hear the gospel. 
that changes us. Holy Ghost, help us to remember all that was said and help us to put into practice what we know, God, so we can learn more. We love you for it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.